How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola energy. Energy you want, taste you love. Dr. Vanda Felbab-Brown is a senior fellow with the Center for 21st Century Security and Intelligence in the Foreign Policy Program at Brookings. She's an expert on international and internal conflicts and non-traditional security threats, including insurgency, organized crime, urban violence, and illicit economies. She's authored the book Aspiration and Ambivalence, Strategies and Realities of Counterinsurgency and State Building in Afghanistan, also Shooting Up, Counterinsurgency and the War on Drugs. More than a pleasure to have Dr. Velbab Brown join us. Doctor, good afternoon and welcome. Um, Thank you. Good afternoon. Uh, the uh, president, many people may not know because of the terrorist attack this morning and, you know, people poo-pooing John Boehner yesterday, uh, uh, met with uh, the president of Mexico, Enrique Peña. Uh, first of all, talk about why the presidents were meeting and why this is important and the American people should care. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Mexico uh, might not be in the news um, with dramatic stories like terrorist attacks normally, but actually has been in the news with extraordinarily criminal violence for a considerable uh, amount of time for many years, including some really bad uh, instances of massacres over the past year. But even beyond, and I would say more importantly, than the level of insecurity happening in the uh, land of our neighbor, uh, the two countries, the two nations uh, of the United States and Mexico are deeply connected. Uh, Families live across the border and shall commerce, economy, heritage. Mexico is a principal uh, um, place for U.S. tourists. Uh, United States is Mexico's biggest trading partner. There are many joint environmental issues. Indeed, the thickness of interaction and the scope of interaction is um, very large. Uh, even as uh, much as there is this huge disparities on public safety in Mexico uh, today compared to what it used to be and in Mexico today compared to United States. And so uh, the two presidents um, uh, have been meeting on a uh, yearly or bi-yearly basis, and one would uh, even think that they should perhaps meet more frequently because the relationship is so important to both countries and to the lives uh, of people on both sides of the border. When we look at what's happening in Mexico, uh, there are uh, some in the Latin American uh, community here in the United States, the Hispanic community, who are happy the president met with uh, the leader of Mexico, but some not so happy with what has been uh, taking place with the 40 missing children and, and those bodies. Mm-hmm. Can you talk to us about the reaction and, and the, uh, the reaction to the, these two presidents, these two leaders meeting in the Hispanic community in the United States? Well, I think that uh, the the reaction is mixed. On the one hand, it was a uh, time of rather uh, positive relations between uh, the two countries. And indeed, one of the principal issues that Mexico and Mexican people have cared about, immigration treatment of 
uh, migrants to the United States as well as undocumented workers uh, was um, a very positive issue on the agenda. The U.S. president has uh, promised to hold deportation and to work toward regularizing, legalizing uh, undocumented workers uh, in the United States. There is the possibility of an immigration reform, although uh, with the Republican Congress, it's a question whether that will be accomplished. But there is certainly a sense that on the U.S. side, on the U.S. Uh, executive branch, um, uh, there has been a lot of effort. So that is a very positive aspect of the meeting, and that's something that's very much welcomed by the Latino community in the U.S. But one particular issue that you raised that uh, is difficult um, for this meeting and that has been causing um, a lot of political troubles for uh, President Peña Nieto is the issue of uh, the Iguala massacre. It's one of the two massacres that really changed the perception in Mexico over the past uh, year of both the importance of the security agenda versus a socioeconomic agenda, but also really um, eviscerated uh, President Peña Nieto's popularity. So what happened in uh, the state of Querero, which is one of the um, poorer uh, states, often troubled by poor governance, is that um, 43 students or, or, or students from a uh, teaching college, from a college that prepares teachers, were planning to go to a town to protest, the town of Iguala, uh, perhaps steal buses there and drive them for larger protests in Mexico City. And apparently, at the order of the local mayor, were um, mistreated, apprehended, some killed by the local municipal police, and then handed over to a criminal group that likely slaughtered them all. The, the verdict is that uh, they were killed and then burned, and uh, the, the remnants either uh, thrown to a local dump or thrown to a river. I say likely because many of the parents of the um, students um, refuse to accept that it has happened, that the students are dead, and they believe that the Peña Nieto administration is um, trying to obfuscate uh, what happened and that it's not disclosing what actually happened uh, to the students. And one reason why this has been uh, difficult for the Mexican president is that in many ways he tried to distance himself from his predecessor, President Felipe Calderón, on the uh, issue of security. And he promised to refocus away from the war against the drug cartels to socioeconomic issues, but he also promised to present a much more humane face, to care about uh, the plight of the victims of crime, to establish a compensation fund for them, to focus on uh, crime prevention. And um, yet uh, when the uh, massacre took place, um, the original reaction from uh, Mexico City was very cool, bordering on uh, uninterested, and it took a lot of um, uh, escalation of uh, the political pressure before uh, Mexico City became really involved in it. And since then, there have been uh, very large political protests throughout the country, um, including in Mexico City. And uh, the, the Mexican president is going through really difficult uh, times uh, in terms of his popularity and, and uh, in terms of his agenda. Let's do, there are many things with Mexico uh, that, that I think we need to discuss. And one is they have said this president, Enrique Peña Nieto, uh, that he, he has the ability to have more power and 
to concentrate more, which he, which he didn't. He wanted to walk away from the war on drug cartels in order to concentrate on the economic and social issues of Mexico. I understand that. But one of the problems for the social and economic issues of Mexico is this war on drugs. And these war and, and the war on drug cartels um, obviously have affected the flow of these children mm-hmm. coming in through Mexico to the United States. You know, there's one issue to the drug cartel issue. And then three, speaking of flow, people that prior to and and since, even though the numbers are down, come into the United States because of the economic problems in Mexico and, and the amount of corruption, people come here for a better life and to get a better job. Quite frankly, if I were the president of Mexico, and I've lived in Mexico, I love Mexico. It's a beautiful country, actually, and beautiful people, uh, wonderful, very warm uh, people, seriously. But uh, the bottom line is, if I were the leader of a nation, and I'm not just talking about Enrique Peña Nieto, I'm talking about all the, the presidents passed in my lifetime. You look like an ass, in my opinion, if your people are fleeing your country because you can't feed them and you don't care to and you don't try. Right. And, you know, I, I, I think that um, certainly Mexico cannot be compared in the level of indifference or misgovernance to many a place in Africa, for example, or a place like Pakistan. And I also believe that the Mexican president genuinely was committed to the socioeconomic, President Peña Nieto was committed to the socioeconomic agenda and accomplished in his first two years some very serious and important reforms. But it's a balance between how much one focuses on that and uh, how solely or exclusively one focuses on that, and coping with uh, the security situation which he inherited. Now, that's another important point. He inherited uh, lots of the excruciating violence that is going on in Mexico from his predecessor. Um, Calderon is um, often blamed for um, provoking the war on the cartels, but even that, in my view, is not a fair characterization, although the policies that President Felipe Calderon picked uh, to go after crime and drug trafficking groups very much escalated violence and provoked lots of the chaos and um, uncertainty and brutality uh, in the criminal market. They uh, nonetheless have their deep causes, um, their, their deep roots, in um, systematic hollowing out of law enforcement in Mexico, its corruption for decades, and the inability uh, of the country to uh, conduct a meaningful rule of law, police, and judiciary reform. So, you know, Peña Nieto, when he takes over, he takes this really difficult security back. Now he runs for president knowing that's what he will have to be dealing with. And he says, I will do it. I will do it better than my predecessor. I'll focus on crime prevention and the rights of the victims, etc. But ultimately, really fails to develop a very effective security policy and falls very much into repeating some of the same mistakes and perpetuating some of the same policies that his predecessor. Now, I also need to mention that the children that, are, that have been trying to get into the United States uh, do not, many do not originate in Mexico. The they don't originate, no, no, but they come through Central Mexico. America. They, don't, they don't originate, but they come through Mexico. Right. Uh, and um, one of the things that the two presidents talked, and um, I think um, um, had a positive engagement on, was how to deal with the child migrants in the sense that uh, 
Mexico, the Mexican government has tried to become uh, much more diligent about uh, preventing the flow as well as um, uh, doing so in a way that um, does not violate the, the rights uh, of the kids, and not just the rights of the kids, but you know, many of them are children as young as 8 or 10. And think of the trauma and the psychological toll of leaving a place like Guatemala and Honduras alone and uh, subjecting themselves to the brutality and abuse of the smugglers and going around for miles and miles to absolutely uncertain future. So one has to really focus on the human element uh, in this story as well. But there is sense that on that, U.S.-Mexican cooperation has um, uh, been improving and been robust and that... Uh, uh, the Mexican authorities are trying to spread the message that uh, these children will not easily get um, asylum in the United States, which is helping to temper down the flow, which we, the, the flow has peaked and now seems to be down, although it's still taking place. Uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and we'll continue this conversation. I appreciate having on the program today. Many of you may not be aware that the president met with the president of Mexico, Enrique Peña Nieto, um, and uh, the uh, meeting uh, needs to happen. I mean, not just with regard to trade, certainly with regard to immigration and uh, economic competitiveness and investment. We'll be back with our guest and with you right after this, Dr. Vonda Felbob brown is a senior fellow with the Center for 21st Century Security and Intelligence in the Foreign Policy Program at Brookings. We'll be back with her and with you right after this. Be sure to follow her on Twitter at TheFelbabBrown, F-E-L-B-A-B Brown. Follow Brookings Institute at Brookings, I-N-S-T, and check out the website, brookings.edu. And we're back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome or welcome back. Before we go to our guest and any comments you might have on Twitter, follow me there at Leslie Marshall. And if you want to join us last segment in this hour with this guest on this topic of President Obama meeting with the president of Mexico, call us at 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. We have more information coming out of Paris, France, with regard to the suspects. Uh, The names, Saeed Kouachi, 34, Sharif Kouachi, 32, and Hamid Murad, 18. Uh, So that is the latest that we have. As I said, the police are searching for the men, two of which the Kouachis that are brothers. They seem to be uh, headed toward, or they felt they were in the Rim region of France, uh, right outside of Paris, about uh, 80 miles outside of Paris, that is the Champagne region, uh, pretty much of the world. And uh, in addition to that, over 3,000 police officers on the hunt, uh, this man hunt for these alleged terrorists. 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. We are talking with Dr. Vonda Felbab-Brown, Senior Fellow with the Center for 21st Century Security and Intelligence in the Foreign Policy Program at Brookings. And we're speaking about the presidential summit between the United States President Barack Obama and Mexico's President Enrique Peña Nieto. Um, And uh, there are a lot of specifics that they talked about and they need to talk about. Doctor, thank you for holding. Welcome back. Some of the things that they need to talk about um, are, are, are things that they they jointly share and can have empathy with uh, each other as presidents, uh, which is certainly the United States is better economically uh, than Mexico is, but the economy, trade, mm-hmm. investments, and immigration. Uh, for uh, Peña Nieto not having his people leave the country, because it really doesn't help if you don't have a workforce if they're all coming here, and for President Obama not wanting to have to build that 
fence and secure our border in the way that so many on the right and not always on the right, uh, you know, want done to block the people from Mexico from coming into the United States uh, illegally, especially when we haven't tackled immigration reform and addressed the more than 11 million undocumented workers currently living in the United States. Um, so l- let's let's talk about before we talk about uh, the president of Mexico and what he has done. Um, and he has done some things, although many, many wouldn't know it uh, necessarily. Um, wh- what can the United States get from Mexico and what can Mexico get from the United States? What kind of back scratching would be going on verbally uh, in forms of proposals in this meeting? Uh, regarding immigration or more broadly? Uh, trade, immigration, the economy. Well, um on the trade side, the uh, big development, um, of course, is uh, that uh, President Peña Nieto managed to get a major reform to uh, the uh, oil uh, law in Mexico, which um, nationalized oil uh, in the um, 40s and since the 30s, in fact. And uh, since then, there has been virtually no um, foreign investment uh, in the Mexican um, uh, in the Mexican oil sector because of um, uh, the law. and uh, But the reality is that Pemex, the Mexican oil company, has not been doing well. Uh, lots of the standard um, oil fields have been depleted, and there is now need to move for offshore drilling, with oil being a crucial aspect of the Mexican economy, GDP, revenue. And so Mexico was on the slope of really losing key government uh, revenues from not being able to adopt technologically. And Peña Nieto got a very difficult, very controversial uh, change to the law that allows um, foreign investment, at least uh, in terms of joint ventures. So one of the key issues that, will, uh, that was on the agenda was to see how the U.S. could be attracted to participate in um, uh, oil exploration, shale gas exploration in Mexico. Now, the um, sad aspect of that is that some of the areas with the richest reserves in uh, shale gas, Tamaulipas, um, is also one of the states with uh, the biggest insecurity, with the, the greatest number of people murdered and kidnapped uh, in Mexico over the past year. And so that was very much part of discussion. Uh, how can U.S. investment um, uh, be um, uh, increased in Mexico, uh, but also once again confronting the reality of a very difficult security situation? Um, uh, several smaller deals were announced, um, such as on civil aviation accords and more technical details having to do with various uh, cross-border uh, aspects, including environmental ones. But many of these are sort of hardly groundbreaking major uh, radical developments, like, for example, U.S. Uh, uh, changing in posture toward Cuba. Now, part of it is that uh, it's inevitable. Uh, the more uh, interactions you have with the neighbor, the more issues you have resolved, the less there is to do uh, in the future. But particularly, the oil sector is huge and new. It's newly open, and yet it is also hampered by uh, criminal violence. Uh, many tweets uh, on this issue. Let's share some. Aurel says that neither of these leaders can be held to his word. There's a distrust by some of uh, Barack Obama, but there's certainly a large distrust of uh, presidents, uh, Mexico's president. Correct? Um, um, I, I would say that has uh, unfortunately been his um, uh, plight over the past year, where he certainly came in uh, very much running on as the popular candidate, popular in the sense that um, he looks handsome, he was young, he 
uh, yes, came from the traditional uh, party pre that ruled Mexico for <clears throat> 71 years. But um, uh, many people said uh, that he is uh, running as not a technocrat, um, a cool business leader like Calderon, but that he's running on engaging with the people and uh, uh, being the, the um, sort of popular candidate. Right. Uh, We're out of time, but I appreciate you being with us, Doctor. Thank you. How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive. Show up every day with Coca-Cola energy. Energy you want, taste you love.